What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. That's me. That is you. You're little brother Nico. Who would have known? I mean, more people than fewer people. Fewer people and then more people? I don't know someone? how that pans out. Someone, someone didn't know somewhere. Anybody? Yeah, it's 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 like if we uh if we were in a boy band that was famous in Europe and then got like like no one had ever heard of us in the States, but we were American. Wasn't that like one of the Yeah, they were they were like they were two in Europe. Yeah, they were touring through Europe, and they had already blown up there, but their album hadn't even released in the States yet or something. And so they're telling their friends and family, they're like, we just played to 40,000 people at this stadium in Germany. And they're like, your album's not even for sale. And they're like, no, it's been on sale for like a year here. Yeah. like yeah, so. <laughs> like, That's what we like, should tell people. We're like David Hasselhoff. We're, we're kind of a big deal somewhere. He was in we the, should, he but was we in should the... pick somewhere. We should pick somewhere like uh, Australia, like Lincoln, Nebraska, like somewhere no one's gonna ever go. I was hoping across like no one can actually. Oh, that's like... true. Nobody ever flies over the ocean. That's true. Yeah. Um. So so like like Dallas. Oh, yeah. Italy. Oh, that makes more sense. No, Dallas is good too. Yeah, because no one goes to Dallas. It's across the ocean. Yeah, they killed the president. Why would we ever go there? Yeah, last time someone went there, they killed a president. Um, That's the last time anyone's ever been to Dallas. I don't think I've ever seen a map. Now that we're talking, I never passed <laughs> geography. I never needed. I never actually took one. Um, I was in all the nerd classes, so like somehow geography wasn't on our required list of things to take. Also, at every public school I went to, the geography teacher was a coach. So it felt really irredeemable to take a geography class. Like, this is going to be a waste of my time. I guess that's fair. Like, unless he called a play in the middle of class, I don't really think he knew what he was doing. Most most coaches that I've have been relatively good, actually. Uh, I don't know. I never actually took a class taught by a coach. It was just a, a luck in the beginning, and then as I got older, personal choice. Where I was like, they're a coach. No, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna bring myself to sit in their classroom. That's not gonna. See, a plebeian regular person in school. Uh, it was a great experience. All right. Okay. I mean, someone's got to do it. It's not gonna be me. Um. All right. So it's Thursday. Before we get into anything, we do have a great show for you today. We're gonna talk some streaming news. We're gonna talk some wrestling cuts. We're going to talk uh, to the organizer of Comic Conroe. Um, and uh, we're also going to, it's Thursday, so we're, of course, going to talk some sports. Um, today, we're going to go to the world of horse racing. Uh, or, yes, as Nico the... calls it, the dating pool. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got you there, didn't I? All right. All right. I see what you did there. I got him. I got him. I am where I'm wrong. In what is like, okay, first of all, 
if you think the NCAA is corrupt, horse racing sets up like a brand new standard for just. Yeah, but that's what makes it fun. You are to the mob, the closer it is to fun. <laughs> I I don't know that that's. I mean, it's a sliding yay? scale. <laughs> it's definitely more fun if you're in the mob because you know who's going to win and you can bet on them accordingly. Uh, everyone else is just throwing their money away. So the winner of the freaking Kentucky Derby, the okay, ever. It is okay. So it's part of the Triple Crown, and it is the start of the year of the. It is the start of the triple the horse racing season. And on top of that, I do agree. I think the Kentucky Derby is the biggest horse race of the year. It's like uh, the Super. It is sort of. It's like it kicks off their season, so it's sort of in reverse. But it is a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's it's however, one of the, the more winner, important races. Yeah, it does. So the winner was a horse named Medina Spirit, and almost immediately the scandal started because two days later. After the race, it was revealed that Medina Spirits, a sample, tested positive for drugs. Um, now, in drugs. performance sports, they take two samples at the same time. They freeze one of them to back it up, and then they test the first sample. Um, they always do that just so they can be sure. They want it to match before they condemn or do anything. So if for something happened to your B sample, you aren't in any sort of trouble, Okay. Uh, he tested positive for the steroid betamethasone on May 1st. And now the split sample test, the B test, has also tested positive Ooh, for no. betamethasone. So the Kentucky Derby winner cheated. That's a good sign. That's not okay. Like, that's going to be a big problem here. Um, for everything. Because like this affects tons of people. So I think in I think in theory whoever won second now won first. Now I don't know what they're going to do about you know bets are paid out generally after right after the event. If you bet online on a basketball game when the basketball game is over, those bets are paid out or your money is gone, kind of depending on the situation. Um, I don't know. Um, because it wasn't right away that they were like, hey, someone cheated. It was a couple of days later. So people had already gotten paid. People would have already been paid off. Plus, if you were there at the race, you already ca- you cash your ticket in minutes after the race is over. Um, right. Which, this is, affects- which is insane because you go, you, you roll up there, you cheat, and <laughs> you just make a ton of money. Like, what? Like, this is clearly corrupt. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. And like, like even more obvious. And the more frustrating thing is, like, the guy who came in second, obviously, like, they don't get to sit in the winner's circle. They don't get to have all the press the next day. Like, so this is really taking away for, in a lot of ways from a lot of different people. Um, there's a new, I don't know what you want to call it, like the commissioner of horse racing. Um, he's the chairman of the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Authority Board. But basically, he kind of they're the ones who oversee all of this sort of this is all under their purview. Um, they they want to start getting now they're supposed to kind of come into they're supposed to take over all of racing July of 2022. So next year, but they're already starting to kind of get involved because this is the kind of thing that they're being created to stop. Um but every the problem they're having is 
Yeah, so Churchill Downs announced they are suspending the trainer, Bob Baffert, for two years, and they're prohibiting the seven-time derby winner from stabling or racing at tracks owned by Churchill Downs. So he's kind of banned from all these massive races now. Um, Which, look, if you mean you scored big enough on the first one, you don't got to do it a second time. Right. And so, so here's some of the problems here with horse racing. Currently, under the current rules, the trainer is allowed to be the person to announce a positive test. So, Bafford just called together a couple people outside of his barn at Churchill Downs a week after the Derby and just kind of made a casual announcement. Blah, 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 blah. By the way, we tested a positive for some meth, for some steroids uh, for the Kentucky Derby winner. And then he just moved on. Um, but from now on, it's going to be the enforcement agency that's trying to get in front of that. They're going to reveal what the nature of the violation was and why that's significant. And they're going to start trying to announce penalties at the same time. But there is kind of some confusion because in horse racing, different states have different rules. Reading over a Fox News article that kind of covers all this in detail, and it says certain levels of medication are allowed in some of the 38 U.S. racing states and not others, especially since horses frequently travel and race in multiple states. Um, and so what they want to do is they want to set a standard for the triple crown races, the tolerances, the permitted substances, and what testing is this and all that. So everything's the same and they're going to try and make that transparent. But yeah, this is a mess. I mean, this is a really big deal. This is the biggest race of the year. And you find out a week later that the winner cheated. Right. And then there's basically almost no repercussion for it. I mean, the trainer's going to get in some trouble. But, but I mean, like, I don't know. Realistic trouble, not yeah. Really. It's not like he's going to jail. It's not like any, it's not like the mob's gonna come by his house. Like, yeah, he's getting away with a lot. You're right about that. Um, I don't want to get back into the playoffs yet. Although I will say the Clippers have been super disappointing, and the Lakers might lose to the Suns now due to an Anthony Davis knee injury. Oh no! Uh, so that's a little interesting. Um, I do, however, want to get into this, though. This is kind of a bridge story. The WWE announced some cuts today or yesterday that that are pretty surprising to me. Um, they, they cut about five or six people. One of them was Ruby Riot, who a lot of people think highly of, but she hasn't been used in the last four to six months. You have to know that's coming if you're not getting used. Like you just have to know that you're probably not gonna stick around. It's like, man, I really haven't I really haven't wrestled a lot in like eight months. It's like, am I fired? <laughs> you will be. Just hang around. Um the other two the two that are surprising, there was about five or six names listed, but again, most of them not surprising. The two that are surprising, one, they haven't used them in a while and they weren't using them very well. So it's not a surprise, except he's just really it's Alistair Black. He's really great to watch. It's a really he does a really great intense heel character. So it's sort of a surprise that they cut him. But it's also just a weird surprise that they don't have a use for him. Like this is a guy that you could feature pretty regularly. Um, yeah, wasn't he on NXT? He was pretty big on there. He was pretty big on NXT, and then he came up here. He came up here at the same time as Ricochet and. Uh, I think I think him and Ricochet like team tag team together for a little bit to kind of debut together on WWE. Then they each went to a different show, and from there on, Aleister Black has kind of fallen off. While Ricochet has done a good job of sticking, um, it's just kind of an odd. 
I don't know. I, it, surpri- it surprised me they couldn't find more use for him because he's very theatric. He's very... Yeah, because he's, uh, he's one of the names I actually do know. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very entertaining in the ring. Like, this is a guy that can really get people's attention. So it's a surprise that the WWE didn't get more behind that. Uh, and then they the don't like one, his spookiness. I, and I think they should play it up. I, I thought it was great. The other one that's just super, super, really super surprising to me is Braun Strowman. Ooh. The monster among men. The the massive Braun Strowman, who, by the way, he's always been a huge guy. Um, he, he, last year, was starting to put on a little bit of weight. Um, I don't know how much he actually weighs. Let's say he actually weighs 290. He was probably in the 350 to 380 range. Um, but it's okay. He's a massive. He's, he's 6'10". Okay, like he's a huge guy. Big body. Wide frame. But he looked... A little rounder back then, but still just huge. Well, this time, he, he's since he's come back, he's been fit. Like, he looks like a good, like, 275, 6'10", athletic. Like, like he should be playing a pro sport. Like, that's the kind of shape that he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was – this is the weird part, okay? All these other people that got cut, they haven't really been, been used that much. Right. Um uh, Braun Strowman was just in the main event in a three in a triple threat title match uh, t- last month. Yeah, and I was gonna say because he's kind of one of the bigger stars right now too. Like he's he's getting he was getting fairly consistent usage. I don't know if maybe he wasn't enjoying it and he said something, or a lot of times WWE will say like we don't have anything for you right now, and then they kind of just move on like they never feel the need to write you back in. Maybe they ran out of story for him. Um, maybe it's just timing on his contract. I'm, I'm not sure. But he feel, it feels really weird to cut him now. <laughs> it really does. I mean, now listen, I know it's all planned out, but what if he had won the title? Like, what if they had decided to give him the belt? Like, would they not be cutting him? You know what I mean? Like, is it that close for him? Like, he retires. Yeah. Like, what is the weird? It's, a, it's an odd choice that they made. I'll say this. Because it just, it, if he was good enough to fight for the title literally two, three weeks ago, how do you then go this week and go, nah, we don't have anywhere for him to go? Man, I was really, the, you know, the peak of your career really was the title, a, a title fight. Do I win the title? No, you lose and then you leave. If you lose <laughs> and then two weeks later we fire you. What? <laughs> you I just. Come back. I. And the weird part is the other two guys in the match are still fighting for the title. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, It's one of those rare times when you see it in the headline and you think, well, the WWE clearly doesn't know what they're doing. Like, they know what they're doing. They've consistently proven themselves to be really poorly run sometimes. They make weird corporate decisions or PR decisions, but they generally, when it comes to the wrestling side, I, I, I believe that they know what they're doing. This time, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, they cut two really like theatrical, really good wrestlers because <laughs> like neither of these neither of these guys are are bad, right? So I'm not totally sure, right? I don't. I mean, I don't know, man. And it's know. not like there's another wrestling promotion that's just as big as the WWE, unless they're going to 
um uh, what was it called aew yeah so alistair black probably doesn't he he would fit right in aew he could go there tomorrow um aew uses a lot of smaller faster wrestlers so braun Strowman would be like kind of like weird counter wrestling although frankly um it would be cool for him to show up and be like the one, like to be this weird stalking monster monster. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, there's always, there's always some things. I mean, like I remember when I was a kid, like you had people like the big show or it was just like, he was just cool. Cause he was big, but like, that was the only thing he had. Yeah. <laughs> Literally his whole gimmick was just that he, his hands the size of your head. Right. So he's called he, the big show. Oh and, yeah. And there were other wrestlers the size of the big show too. That was the silly part. Like he wasn't yeah, that yeah. he was that it, it was whatever. But he's nine foot two. Yeah. They used to call him like four hundred and fifty pounds or something, and you're like, nobody's four. What are they talking about? Um Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh I, I, it's hard to picture the idea. It's really just to me what's more interesting is that they were using them and now they have nowhere to go with them. Like, really? Yeah, I'm not, I'm really not entirely sure because I always felt like Braun Strowman at least for like had such a big impact. And then Alistair Black was always one of the backup guys that I always felt had a career going forward. Yeah, Alistair Black feels like a mid card kind of guy, a mid card kind of guy, but a guy you could have around on your roster for sure. Right, if were, and like if, you if were people building really loved roster. him, they could really push him up that like echelon. But yeah, he could be he's a middle card guy, and every once in a while he could have a great run, and, and that would be there'd be no qualm to that. Like Kofi Kingston, kind of. Um, I just don't understand what they're doing there. With it, just feels weird that Braun Strowman can be on on TV every week, and then all of a sudden go home. Ah, uh, we don't need you anymore, Chief. It's like. Clearly, this was a top card kind of guy for y'all. Yeah, I don't know. I really have no idea why they would do this. So it's a big surprise to me. It's a big surprise to kind of that name was got a lot of traction on Twitter. It was trending for a while uh, yesterday. And I was like, oh no! Wrestling fans on. always can can throw up Twitter numbers like crazy. Well, listen, that's that, the thing to remember about wrestling is that when they when when Raw goes on the air. And they put up a hashtag. It immediately trends nationwide. Crazy. It's immediately, you know, doing two to four million in, in, in tweets. Wrestling is still a real thing in the pop culture world. There's no getting around it. Um, and, and to have a guy that you featured every week, you were given five to eight minutes to on TV every single week. And now you've got nothing for him is kind of a, and you yeah, this surprise. almost it, this, this almost feels like a dispute of some kind versus like a general like oh we kind of don't have any things for you anymore, or like a punishment right like did he do something backstage? Right, did he make somebody mad because that's super in the realm of possibility. The way the way the WWE is run, it wouldn't surprise me if that's what it is. Uh, but it would disappoint me if that's what it is too. You didn't. My birthday, Braun Strowman. You gone. You're... You're uninvited to everything. <laughs> and he's like, what does that mean? You're fired. Oh, that's what that means. Okay. Oh, oh, we're, oh, we're firing people. Okay. Sorry. My fault. Um, speaking of fired, 
uh, the cast of Jupiter's Legacy. They uh, they don't have to come to work next year. Ooh, no, uh, they are. They done. got next season off. They're they're done. Uh, this is the first of several shows under what I guess you can call like the Millar World deal with Netflix. Mm-hmm. Mark Miller is a comic book creator, and he started his own line of comics into just different. And he did it with multiple publishers, by the way, too. But they were all under the umbrella of Mil- of Millar World, and Jupiter's Legacy is part of this. And he sold the rights to uh, to Miller World. He sold the company, not the rights, the company, to Netflix in 2017. And he basically said everything that I've made a comic about, they now own, and more than likely will probably make movies or TV shows about all of it. Um, this was the first of those projects to hit the screen. And it just kind of fell flat. Um, Not great. It had it had overwhelmingly negative reviews, and it just wasn't great. Although Netflix has given a series order to Super Crooks, which is the next project that it sounds like is going to be coming to the screen, which follows a group of villains planning a, a monumental heist. It's a live action show uh, in in its early stages. Will live alongside an anime style series based on the same material. Weird thing to do. It's not like not yeah, unheard of, but it is it is a weird step. Well I it makes me think of like um what was the thing with the kaijus and the and the mechs? What what, what uh, shows Civic that? Civic Rim. You know, they just did a an anime uh the the black which features what's going on in Australia during the time of those movies, which is interesting. Um, so that's kind of cool. Do uh, Australia. <laughs> now, let's see here. It, it did end on a cliffhanger, which is kind of a big deal. I think that's sort of important. It it will now forever be one season of an incomplete show that doesn't have a conclusion. Well, this might be one of the first times where this happens, but... This could be a Netflix-owned show that goes to another streaming service. I mean, it's not a, it's not outside that realm. I just don't. I, it wasn't like it was viewed, but I don't think it was liked well enough. It's not like something like Tuca and Birdie, or where like it's it's, it's just weird enough that Adult Swim will pick it up. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think I think it's like a combination of like. Too expensive, not enough positive reviews, and like it'd be different if everyone was like, "Oh, they canceled it." Oh, but it was so good. And and also, each of the streaming services seems to have a show along this theme, right? Like, what's uh, Amazon going to do? Put a competitor to Invincible on there or The Boys? No, right, right. And it didn't do as well, so they could just all kind of move away from it, right? Um, so I'm not sure. I'm kind of intrigued now. There's a couple other books in the Miller World library that haven't been adapted yet. Most of it has, though. Uh, Kick-Ass. Um, they, all the big ones have Kick-Ass. Uh, Kingsman. And there was two others that were from the same umbrella. I don't remember which ones they are now, though. But so American Jesus, Empress, and Huck uh, are still th- tied into it. Also, the Magic Order. Um, is It's not technically Miller World. But it is actually, I think it is Miller. Uh, 
now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure if it's Miller World or not, but I, I'm pretty sure it is. And if it is, um, I mean, that means Netflix owns it now. But they were going to, that was going to be the first show. And I think that they were unhappy with some stuff. And so it kind of. It seems the Millar world is not working out as intended. Yeah, it'll be interesting Like if they don't get anything out of this. Yeah, Netflix is like, oh, we can buy all these IPs. It'll be great. We can buy them all at once. And then they get nothing successful. I mean, it kind of goes to show like it's not as slam dunk as everyone seems to think it is. Because I bet most people would have thought that the Miller World books will will do yeah, good on like, TV. Oh, they, they, I mean, you got two Kingsman films. You got two Kick-Ass films. Would like, it be weird if like if the other stuff was was all the good stuff is done and like that's it? Yeah. <laughs> And those are the only good Millar World books. <laughs> uh oh. Um, like we scored big, like five dollars worth of trash. Yeah, a hill of beans. Yeah. Oh, guys, we got it, boys. Yeah. Because it was a pretty big deal. It was. It was. It was. Uh, there were there were a few million dollars attached to it. It was a big deal. It was make no mistake. And I think Miller World is going to keep making comic books, so I guess there's always the opportunity for more stuff to come along. Which um, is true. But is it going to have that pizzazz, the magic? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it will. Um, so something else that was going to come out and then has, has to be retooled, uh, there was talk of a Powerpuff Girls series coming out. Was going to feature the girls now older, and sort of being resentful of the fact that they didn't have the childhood that they wanted because they were forced to be superheroes, and then they kind of focuses on their strange relationship with their father, the professor or whatever his name was. Um, his name is literally Plutonium. Way to way to really develop there. Um, so the pilot was shot. It featured Chloe Bennett from the Shield, Agents of Shield, I should say. Uh, as well as the girl who voices Gwen, uh, who voices Ghost Spider on Marvel Rising, she also was featured in the second to last season of Agents of Shield. And then it also had another girl. I don't remember who she was. All three of them have superhero in their like resume. Mm-hmm. And the show, uh, the pilot is going to be retooled. People wanted to ask questions about, like, people were going to start criticizing, because some set photos leaked of them in the Powerpuff Girl costumes. Um, People were like, this is going to be stupid if they're wearing that, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I was like, I'm sure it's just a flashback or something. Like, you know, who knows? Well, anyway, a script leaked, and it turns out it was the script for the pilot, and it was awful. Like, people were making fun of it because they were like, I don't know if this is real or not, but it, I hope it's not because these two pages are two of the worst pages of writing I've ever seen. Like, people were highlighting different things on it that were terrible. The dialogue was awful. The characterization was bad. And one well, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Chief. Making grimdark Powerpuff Girls is like the lamest thing ever. Well, it, so like one scene, Bubbles is, is asleep and they can't wake her up and Blossom like yells at her. Oh no, your news have leaked on the internet again. And that wakes her up and she's like, that only happened twice. Like, I don't know. Like they were just kind of playing to the lowest common denominator of the whole thing. Um, and it turns out the script's real. Uh, CW had it pulled down for copyright uh, protections. 
Uh, yeah, but I mean, doesn't stop it from copyright being bad. Yeah, no, I wish you could because someone would. Um, yeah, it was it was very bad, and people were making fun of it and questioning it's how, like the validity of it. That's how bad it was. Turns out it was one hundred percent real. Ooh, not a good not a good look, guys. <laughs> when people can't tell if the script that you leaked is fake or not, generally a problem. Oh, same thing happened with The Last of Us too. That was not a good look. The script leaked. Yeah, like uh, like a like a month or two before the game came out, there was a ton of people who were like, "Well, good thing this came out because this is trash." Oh, so like they didn't buy the game because of it. Yep, that's rough. I mean, it's a video game. You control most. Of, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, it's a story based game. Like, it's true. Ninety percent of the reason you play it, not the gameplay is bad. It's just. Play it for the story. I really dug the the commercials where the girls playing the guitar, um, the acoustic guitar while like the game like really sad moments are going on from the game or from the game world. the The problem with that game was the story is okay. It was just told in all of the wrong order. Oh yeah, I think sometimes they really need to work on. Because it, it does it does the stupid early. thing where like it doesn't pick up immediately. Like I have a problem with non-linear storytelling when it doesn't like hit right yeah you've got it that's a hard thing to do you've got to hit it really right because like halfway through the game you start playing as the villain but it's before all of the other events so you're like trying to form a connection with these characters that you killed eight fucking hours ago (laughs) yeah i can't do that it's not gonna work yeah nice f-bomb by the way yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's because really it doesn't it makes me so angry because it's like well how it's am so i supposed fun. to care about this guy he's been dead for the past 10 hours yeah that doesn't work you can't play as the dead you can't play as someone you've already killed that doesn't make sense you can play as them and then have to kill him later and then be like i don't want to do it right and i was like i was like you missed out on all the emotional moments yeah and doing was, it backwards doesn't work I do you think like, someone in the room was like we'll do it backwards because we're smarter than everyone else I think so. People were like, oh, probably. Yeah, you seem pretty smart. And then, never mind. Yeah, no. It, <laughs> it definitely feels like they were, they were, they were like, greatest story ever told. And then it wasn't. And then they were like, I don't see where we went wrong. <laughs> How did we screw this up? Let me tell you something. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Um, <laughs> Nonlinear storytelling has to be managed properly. <laughs> yeah, this is you bad. Suck, you suck. <laughs> Um, so, it's suck, I guess. It does suck to suck. That's a note I got when I was back in high school. They were like, oh man, I'm a suck to suck. I was like, yeah, it, it totally does. I was like, who are you? Oh, oh. I was I was cool in high school too. Maybe they weren't talking to me. Um, but I I don't know. I just I think I think sometimes people get really ahead of themselves on a concept. And they're like, this is going to be great. Because, like, it would be interesting to see a story about the Powerpuff Girls growing up. Right, yeah. Where like, they? Yeah, where are but they I would rather see a, But I would rather see a story about them, like, dealing with the pressures of, like, being heroes at a young age and kind of... I get like, Or oh, talk about, like, the crazy villains that they fought. Because have you seen him? He's, like, one of the most terrifying villains. He's literally Satan. <laughs> but what I don't... Like, I, but I don't need them dark and grungy. I don't need all three of them dark and grungy, at least. Or right. like all with daddy issues. Like, okay, one of you's mad at dad, and one of you, okay, one of you gets it. Like, he made superheroes to save the world. Like, I don't know. I I think the idea of them all being so troubled is sort of a little messed up. 
Well, like they can they can all be troubled, but like make it you know their own distinct ways. Like, well, Blossom is you know troubled, but you know she has she's the responsible one. She's like, well, Dad did it. He didn't intend to make us, but you know it happened. Right. Well, yeah. Like you've got to have like, but we saved people. Like what we did was responsible. And then Bubbles is like carefree, and she's like, well, I don't care. I'm just gonna go be my own thing, and then like make uh buttercup the angry one because you know that's her bait yeah no and seeing like just something like that i would really enjoy but it, it sounds like they kind of completely missed the mark well they were just like but what if the powerpuff girls were 20 and that was the whole pitch right right and so i guess it's kind of um yeah i don't know it, it misses the mark for sure it needs a lot of, like, characters like that need a lot of nuance, especially if you're going to move on from something that people recognize. And if you're going to go, like, hyper-meta on something and do a new show, a new concept about an old show, like, there's a lot going on there. Like, you've got to do, a, you've got to really nail that. Yeah, there's like there's like 40 steps here that we completely missed out on. Let me, let me tell you guys about our friends Comic Conroe. Make sure to head out there on July 23rd to the 25th. Uh, tickets to $35. Kids 8 and under get in for free. Make sure to use the NTR5 code to get $5 off. We're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, Nico's got an interview with Scott, the creator of Comic Conroe. And you're going to get to hear all about it and hear some of the guests and all that. He's super excited. And uh, then we'll basically kind of wrap it up from there. Uh, so this is, this is Corey DLG, Nerd Thug Radio. We will be right back. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, The Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Townjonovitz, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. This is an interview with Scott of Comic Conroe. So this is an event taking place July 23rd to the 25th. So this weekend here locally in Conroe, right there at the Lone Star Convention Center. Uh, Scott, uh, bring you into the show. What's, uh, what's, what's your background? What makes you want to start here in uh, local Conroe? Uh, well, let's see. My background is, is uh, I have been in and around the comic industry probably for 25 years. I'm serving currently uh, with, uh, I have my own business doing uh, uh, animated and uh, comic-based uh, t-shirts. I have a printing company I've, out of spring. I have a lot of customers and uh, uh, frequent uh, reorders through the Conroe and uh, Woodlands area. So uh, when an opportunity came up to do a convention around this you know, hobby, uh, I thought it'd be very nice to have something in the, you know, the Conroe local area. Instead of just in a big city of Houston or all up in Dallas, do something local. I mean, that's that's really cool. I know we I've seen you before at these uh, these conventions. I know you've been going for quite a while. Yeah, we always see you at the the bigger ones. But 
you know, it's it's something neat that you get to really see, you know, something so local. So like, you know, you said you're you wanted to do something closer to home. So is there like a particular reason or like if there's something that well, drew you to the convention center? Um, well, specifically, uh, to be honest with you, um, one of the crazy things about the industry, anybody that knows comic cons and has been around them knows that there's probably every, every month, there's at least one, possibly two in the Dallas area, whether it be anime or comics or gaming, something along those lines, there's going to be some sort of event going on where people that are in the hobby will, will have a place to go and have a good time. Houston doesn't have that. Uh, Houston is very much dominated by two large events with a couple uh, smaller events scattered around, but usually those smaller events are very small. Um, one of the things that we found, uh, the, the, and it's not, I, I don't want to claim this is just me. We have a group of us working together. Uh, but one of the things that we had noticed is in the Houston area, if it's not Comic Palooza, which is the big show, uh, or Anime Matsuri, uh, there's really not a lot. You have Delta H for anime, and you have Onicon down in Galveston, and a handful of very small, what we used to, what we in the industry call old school Comic Cons, which are just kind of that, uh, this, the stigma of, or the um, stereotype of a show that's just old men in a basement selling comics at a hotel or something like that. That's a very swap meet esque, like. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very um, uh, uh, upscale flea market, uh, mm-hmm. where it's just uh, they're great opportunities if you're a collector, but if you're a casual fan, there's really not a lot to do there. It's it's a shopping and that's it. So what we wanted to do was bring uh, like like a nice mid sized show where one of the negatives or or criticisms of the large shows is it's really focused on celebrities. And unfortunately, because of the way it is built, it's not their fault, but just the side effect of being focused on celebrities is that you have to make sure the celebrities can see thousands of people. So you usually your interaction with a celebrity is, okay, you have 20 seconds, get your autograph, move the line, stand here, get a quick picture, move on. At best, you might get one quick question sometimes the celebrity will take the initiative and do something more because they're they understand that the fans want to be involved and you know they'll try to make it even better for the fan but a lot of times they just they don't their hands are tied they're trying to get through fifty thousand people that are at that convention that need you know to to have an opportunity to meet them so their their time is very very limited on something like this a mid-sized show like we're trying to create it it allows to the, the celebrities to be more involved um, I mean, we'll be having cosplay karaoke with the celebrities, um, yeah. we'll have meet and greets with the celebrities where uh, Kevin Sorbo is planning a, uh, a special meet and greet where you'll have two hours with with Kevin Sorbo um, in a smaller group with literally 50 to 100 people. That's it. And it'll be he'll be doing a uh, presentation of one of his older episodes of uh, Hercules, I believe he's doing on this one. Uh, and uh, you'll get a chance to, to kind of watch him do a behind the scenes of what it was like to film the episode, little special things that happened, almost like think of a MST3K uh, watching of a show uh, where you can, he'll be making jokes and talking about behind the scenes things. That's You'll never get an access like that at a larger show. Yeah, and I think so, that's really the benefit of a lot of these, of this smaller 
smaller oh. show than something like Comic Palooza. Yes. Um, and then, and then, like I said, you know, there, there's definitely a purpose of a large show like Comic Palooza. You, you know, we will never have in uh, Jeremy Renner. I'm sure. I mean, I'd love to think we'll get that big at some point, but uh, you know, at that point, you become that large show, and then you defeat the purpose. Um, right. <laughs> one of the things we've noticed, as far as the Houston market goes, is Houston, and this has nothing to do with comics or anime or gaming or anything. Houston is a very isolated uh, market or very different market from other uh, areas. People don't travel as much in the Houston area. They tend to stay in their particular areas. People from Katy don't go to Baytown. People from Baytown don't go to Sugarland. People from Sugarland don't ever make it up to Conroe. People tend to, in this city, stick to their general neighborhoods. We say general because obviously you can't stay anywhere in Houston without making a little bit of a travel. But yeah, it's uh, at least 20 minutes anywhere relevant. Exactly. We don't we don't tell people how far it is. We tell people how long it takes to get there. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is we realize that um, because of the way Houston is, if you want to reach the people in Conroe and the people in the Woodlands, people in the spring, people in Huntsville, you kind of need to go to their area. So that's this is the first thing. We're going to North Houston. This is our first year show. It'll be here in, in Conroe. This will be a regular every year event, but that's not the only show we're going to do. We have plans to uh, include shows in Katy, include shows in Baytown, potentially include shows in possibly Galveston. We're looking at venues that will host this kind of a show that can fit this size. So if you do live in one of those areas and, and you can't make it out to a show up in Conroe, don't worry, something's coming your way. There will be other opportunities to do something along these lines closer to home. Yeah, it's something on the horizon. And, uh, oh, yeah. You can use our discount code NTR5 for $5 off those uh, those tickets. Absolutely. ComicConroe.com, uh, mm -hmm. I believe. All right. Yeah. You can purchase your tickets. They're only $35. But you can get them for $30 uh, using our discount code. NTR5. Yep. NTR5. Uh, so uh, before I let you, before we before we move on, uh, I wanted to ask a little bit more about the guests. So, like, what was the what was the process in talking to these people? Because I know sure. that we we've had we've had our fair share of no's and maybe's oh, yeah. and uh, well, I'll this, think about this it. Year, <laughs> this year especially was, uh, and I let me be clear. I have worked with and helped on a lot of other shows in the past. Um, it's just the, the only one I've done close to home. To be honest with you, uh, I've worked with uh, several shows out in West Texas, one in Dallas. Uh, uh, another partner that's working with us has worked with New York Comic Con three times. You know, these are uh, a lot of these shows, they kind of walk in and they just say, hey, I have I would like you at my show. And the person just says, oh, oh, I, I know that show. Yes, absolutely. This year, uh, new startup shows always have a little bit of a struggle anyway, because they're not established. Uh, but this year especially was, you know, trying to say the least due to COVID. Uh, we had probably for every guest we have announced, we were turned down by 10 to 12. You know, and, and it is strictly, you know, it's we totally understand that some people are just not ready to get back out there. I think they're loosening up now, but we needed people that were willing to be announced a lot earlier. So we went with people that, uh, you know, we, we felt good about. You know, we're doing a little if, if you haven't seen the updates to the site, we have uh, we've just announced that we have uh, Chris Casamasa, who played Scorpion in the original uh, Mortal Kombat. And we have Keith Cook, who played Reptile in the original Mortal Kombat, and Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. 
both of them are coming. Uh, also, Keith Cook was in King of Kickboxers, and Chris Casamasa played uh, in the original uh, World Martial Arts Championships. Kind of, you know, iconic old school shows that people might remember. We also have uh, Michael Capon. All of them were willing to come out and be guests at a show that, you know, really we weren't 100% sure was going to happen because we didn't know that COVID was going to be over when we had to make the plans for this. So right, yeah, there's so much planning more nerve-wracking than what a normal show would be. <laughs> right. I, I imagine so because getting anything started, especially nowadays, has been – just due to the general sense of, like, was everything just going to explode again? Are we all fine? Are we? Can I go outside now? Yes, exactly. Is it, is it safe? Yeah. Do I need to <laughs> stay in my little bubble? Yes. Well, and I think uh, luckily uh, uh, our timing has been very good. Uh, even Comic Palooza is uh, has scheduled to go ahead and do their convention this year, uh, which they're being run by the city. So if anyone is doing it and, and Comic Palooza is going ahead, I think we'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, because um, you're the weekend right after, so. Yes, exactly. And we have, uh, you know, everybody's got, you know, you know, we're, our, our policy is very simple. Uh, as long, we'll be following every state guideline that's been issued. If there are no state li- guidelines, which it is currently, then masks will not be mandatory. But we do strongly recommend if you feel you are in a high-risk situation or if you have not been vaccinated yet and you would like to be extra cautious, if you're going to wear a mask, Please, please, please. This is just a general point that we want to make. If you're going to wear a mask, please wear an N95 mask. They are readily available and they are way more effective than just wearing a cloth over your face. If you're wearing a cloth, you're really not accomplishing a lot. And if you are high risk, I would much rather see you be safe and wear a actual effective mask that's going to do a, a much better job of protecting you. Uh, other than that, if you're if you're vaccinated and you want to come out and have a good time and be in a safe environment, we're going to be it. All right, that is Comic Conroe down here, super local, right here at the Lone Star Convention Center. Very by twenty third to the twenty fifth. Use code NTR five to get five dollars off of your tickets right there at comicconroe.com. Come hang out with us. See guests like Kevin Sorbo. You got got Sub Zero and Scorpion from the Mortal Kombat movie. Honestly. I unironically think this will be the more remembered Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, let me tell you, we we just announced, and it actually has not even gone up on the website uh, as of today. As a matter of fact, I believe when this airs, it will actually have just gone up, and your code will be viable for this. We are announcing that we have Team Scorpion and Team Sub-Zero packages that will be coming out exclusive. They will include a metal badge instead of the regular standard badge for the show. You'll get a metal badge. You'll get a exclusive t-shirt for Team Scorpion or Team Sub-Zero. You'll pick your choice. And uh, there's a lot of packages coming with it. Like you'll get a, uh, an autograph included with the, uh, with the guest of your choice of those. Uh, if you want the Team Scorpion, you'll get the, the uh, Chris Casamasa autograph. If you want the Sub-Zero team, you'll get the... Uh, autograph from Keith Cook and uh, there's a, a lot of little special gimmicks and things that we're throwing into that package that's going to be a very nice package including a three-day pass the rate on it is $75 for a three-day pass with a metal badge and a t-shirt and an autograph you oh, won't see. get that price that's less than the price to get into Comic Palooza for two days right exactly in an extra uh, day and a lot more along oh, with it for less the price big bang for your buck there oh yes definitely 
and like I said, uh, if you are a big Scorpion fan, you can support your team. We uh, we're really big pushing uh, or bidding, making a big push for the uh, the team support your colors uh, <laughs> at the show. Yeah, so it's going to be great. We'll see you there at Comic Conroe, July twenty third through the twenty fifth. Get your tickets, uh-huh. and they even have the special tickets coming up. So yep. be sure to support your team. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you, Scott, for coming on the show, talking about uh, the new show coming up. Yeah, we look forward to seeing everybody out at, at Lone Star Convention Center. All righty. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Okay. All right. So that was Scott with Comic Conroe and Nico doing their little interview thing. Make sure to get out there. Make sure to use the code NTR5 to save $5 off your ticket. And kids 8 and under do get in free. It's July 23rd to 25th. Uh, make sure to get out there. Now, Nico, go ahead and tell our friends about The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more is open and at full operating hours. We have uh, the events rolling. Uh, rolling. I say back up every time. Like They haven't been going on for ages now. <laughs> and I'm going to keep mentioning that because I, I haven't changed my way of speaking, and it's just habit at this point. Uh, so... This is the, the the new the new event that's happening. Uh, Magic is back. Uh, weekly modern uh, weekly uh, modern meetups. Uh, it was combining like six words there. Uh, so, Nico, why are you? Why can't you do his reads anymore? Like, what's happening? <laughs> I spend too are much time in the store. My on? brain is melting. <laughs> I'm not bad at Mill. <laughs> he's he's fantastic. Friday, June fourth at six PM is the Star Wars X Wing Casual Meetup. All levels are uh, all levels and ages are welcome. Saturday, June fifth at two PM is the Pokemon Meetup, and uh, Saturday, June fifth at six PM is Hammer Time. So that is the Tabletop Warhammer Meetups, and Saturday, June fifth also at six PM is More Magic. So this is another. Uh, this is the weekly Commander Meetup. So the Commanders on Saturday and. Thursday is modern. Matt's there, right there at the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. Fantastic store, wonderful staff. Got all your comic books and gaming needs right there off of 1488. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. That's right. Uh, it's a great place. They have my comic books on the shelves. They're where I buy my comic books. Um, it's, it's definitely the awesome place to be. And so... All that being said, we do want to. We're going to wrap it up right here. I do want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, have a wonderful Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday. We'll be back at two p.m. So on behalf of Little Brother Nico and myself, the Adventure Against Comics Games and more, and Comic Conroe, same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. Be sure to wash your hands, stay safe. Let's get those vaccinations so we can get rid of these darn masks. I hear by July fourth they're expecting everybody to kind of be able to walk around and do their own thing because enough people are getting vaccinated. That's awesome. Let's all keep doing our part. Let's all we're in this together. Let's get it all. Let's get it all finished up. Uh, we'll see you on two p.m. on Friday for Nerd Thug Radio. Hello, Conroe. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanting to let everybody know that there is a comic book convention called Comic Conroe coming July twenty third through the twenty fifth right here at the Lone Star Convention Center. Interested parties should go to facebook.com backslash comic Conroe with the two C's there in the middle. And people interested in buying tickets, they're only $35. Kids 8 and under get in for free. Interested parties should also check out using the discount code NTR5 for a $5 savings off their ticket. 
Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs>